0: This is the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Ladysmith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Rick Nicely is the lead pastor. Good morning, Spotswood at Ladysmith. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. We're so glad you're here I know it's a little overcast this morning, but God's going to give us a great day. And I know just like last week, that was a first for many of us, a first for me, where we did a virtual communion, a Lord's Supper. Today is going to be a first as well. We hope last week was an intimate time with your family as you took communion together to observe the Lord's Supper. And, and today we hope that you gathered as a family to celebrate Resurrection Sunday or Easter. And we hope it's a great day for you. I want to go ahead and get into the Word of God, but before that, I want to pray for us. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the day. Uh, I pray, God, that the reading of your Word, the teaching of your Word will not return void. God, that you would take the seed of the Word of God and plant it deep in our hearts. It would take root and give forth fruit. And God, if there's anyone here today uh, through the digital hearing of my voice, Father, that they don't know you, they have not put faith in the finished work of Jesus, that they would do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, again, as I said, I'm so glad you're here. Maybe you're here because you're a regular part of our church or maybe you heard about us through a friend or family member or or maybe you were bored and you were searching the internet and stumbled on our YouTube channel or maybe our, our website or our Facebook page. And so we're so glad that you joined us today. We hope you'll be encouraged by the word of God today and, and really consider what Jesus has done for you. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and read in uh, or I'm going to look back on uh, the book of John in chapter 11. This is a little bit removed from uh, the story of the Passion Week, which we're going to be the heart of what we're going to be talking about. But this is the last time that Jesus uh, visited Jerusalem before his Passion Week, and this is what happened. So we see the story of a friend named Lazarus. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. He had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they sent word to Jesus that he was sick and that he could die. He possibly was on his deathbed, and it says that Jesus tarried or he hung out for a couple more days and did not go see him. Now that that seems uncompassionate, but Jesus tells us why later on. He says this is for God's glory, and I wonder if today during this time of force quarantine and covid-19 that God is about to set us up to bring glory to himself to do a work that only he can do and and I just encourage you to look and see that Jesus is always working around us to be the hands and feet Of Jesus to your neighbors, to still continue to serve him and look for him working, because I believe he is doing that. Well, Jesus finally shows up, and of course, Mary and Martha are excited to see him, but they're discouraged because they said, listen, Jesus, if you had shown up, our brother would have not died. And, And this is Jesus' response. He says this, "'I am the resurrection, and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die.'" Do you believe this? Listen, this is really at the heart of what we're going to be talking about today. Do you believe that Jesus is the Messiah? He is the resurrection. He is alive. Now, I want to share with you each week, I share a big idea. I share a big question. I want to share the big idea today. It's found um, we're we're going to walk through the, the Passion Week of Jesus. So this is the big idea today. When they found no grave, Jesus proved he conquered Satan by defeating death, sin, and the grave. And ultimately, he proved he was God himself. See, the final week of Jesus, we talked about it a little bit last week, starts with Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, he comes in, he, he's making a journey from Jericho to Jerusalem, and they begin to lay down the palms uh, on this road and begin to cheer and sing songs to him, Hosea in the highest. And this is what happens now, I want you to understand the road to Jerusalem was a divine journey. See, you've got to understand the history of Israel. Many kings in the past had ridden in on horses in the city of Jerusalem after great victories in battle. And, and Jesus was riding in on a donkey. It showed great humility. Along with his ragtag group of warriors, he called uh, his disciples. He was about to fight the greatest battle in the cosmos. See, he was about to defeat destiny in a grave and ultimately defeat Satan himself. See, Jesus would be wounded on his heel, but he would crush Satan's head as the prophecies are fulfilled. And we've got to understand that even though this was just a 14-mile journey from um, Jericho to Jerusalem, in about a half-day journey on foot, this is really an infinite journey. See, Jesus was fully God and fully man. He stepped out of heaven and put on flesh and blood in Bethlehem. But you need to understand, his main mission was for one thing and one thing alone. And that was this idea of a rescue mission. See, Jesus was about coming to restore his people to himself. And see, that that rescue mission could only be accomplished through the road to Calvary. Please know this was not about some last-ditch effort um, to save his ministry. No, he needed to lay down his life. And listen, no one took his life. In fact, in John 10, it says this, verse 18, No one takes my life from me, Jesus says, but I lay it down on my accord. If I have authority to lay it down, I also have authority to pick it up. This is the charge I have received from my Father. See, the journey to the cross was not some... Uh, regular journey. It wasn't some just last-ditch effort to save his ministry. No, you need to understand this is written before the foundations of the earth. In other words, before the crunching of the fruit that Adam and Eve took to rebel against God and try to redefine what was right and wrong in their own eyes, Jesus was marching toward Calvary. Jesus promised that he would fulfill this promise of God. In fact, he had the promises of God written on his heart, if you will. He was about his father's business. His father's business was to restore his people, to write his name on their hearts, that he would be their God and they would be his people, and that they would be filled with his spirit, and they would have the ability to live out and to be fully alive as he created them to be, to be fully human how he created them to be. So we need to understand His whole purpose was to rescue his people. That's what he came for. I know the healings and the different things that he did were important and that showed and began to prove to those around him that he was the Messiah, but his main purpose was to fulfill the work of the cross. Now listen, he continued throughout his week. In fact, on Monday, it says in the scriptures that he wept over Jerusalem. He had a guttural response. He he desired to gather his people Listen, he des- desired to gather his people like a hen does their, his, her chicks. But listen, they, they rejected him. They didn't see him. They didn't recognize him, and that's why he was so brokenhearted. In fact, he goes into the temple, and he begins to cleanse the temple. He begins to turn over the money changers. The religious system had become corrupt. They began to cheat the people. They all, it came all about money and prestige and fame and power. Sounds a little familiar today, doesn't it, many times. In the church, that's what happens unfortunately, even today. And so he cleansed it out and said, you have made this a den of robbers, but I'm going to cleanse it out and return it as a house of prayer. And then Tuesday, we see that he challenged the religious leaders. He says, you guys don't recognize me, do you? I am the cornerstone. I'm the cornerstone that you've rejected. And what Jesus was really saying is this, he's saying this, either I'm your cornerstone, I'm the foundation where your life is built upon, just like a house is built upon a foundation, or I'm your stumbling block. It's one or the other. See, Jesus can only be just that. He is either your foundation or he's a stumbling block that you stumble over. In fact, he says that either people will fall on me and be broken, meaning they'll be humbled and they'll receive me by faith, or I will fall on them and be crushed. It's one of the two. And then we see Wednesday was a time of he he rested in Bethany, it was a time of silence and solitude. And then Thursday, we see, as talked about last week, that Jesus celebrated the Passover with his disciples. Eventually, he went to the garden. If you're taking notes, write this down. The garden was full of horror and dismay. I know many of us see this picture, this painting of Jesus in his white robe, and he's kneeling next to a rock with his hands all neatly folded. Well, I hate to say this, that the painter did not obviously uh, refer to or, or look at or read Mark 14 when they were painting this picture, because the reality is this, his soul was greatly distressed. In fact, it says that he was troubled even to death. He fell on the ground and he cried out to God if, if this cup of suffering could pass him, he wished it would. In fact, it says that he, he sweat blo- uh, droplets of blood. Think about that for a moment. He, he fell on the ground. Sweat and blood was coming out of his, his body, his pores. He was dirty. He was, if you will, messy. And he cried out to God. In fact, three different times he asked his um, disciples to pray for him. And, and they chose not to. They kept falling asleep, and he kept saying, please pray, and he kept going back to the Father. And see, understanding, we talked about the four cups of promise from Jesus last week, but there was a fifth cup. This fifth cup was a, the cup of the wrath of God, and he would drink it. He would drink it fully. In fact, in Isaiah 53, 3, it says this, he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, as one who men hid their faces he was despised and we esteemed him not. See, we need to understand that when we go through suffering, many times that will be the closest we ever actually get to God. And remember the hands that reach out to you with compassion and mercy and grace are Jesus's hands. And those hands were pierced hands, pierced by the nails in his hands, in his feet. See, now Friday we see that Eventually, well, before that, he was, he was betrayed by Judas. He was taken through the night. He was put before a mock trial. And of course, the, the religious leaders and the government officials kept passing him back and forth. And eventually, he was sentenced to death. He was sentenced to the cross, the crucifixion. In fact, again, the people that cried out, Hosanna, were saying, crucify him, crucify him. See, Jesus never put tru- his, his trust in people. He put his trust in his father because he knew what was in the heart of people. I want you to write this down. You know, you may be close to the cross, but far from Christ. I want you to imagine the scene at the cross where they put him up between two thieves, and again, they mocked him. They beat him. They pulled out his beard. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails. He was put up on the, the cross, and I want to imagine the cross that the weight of the his body began to suffocate himself he would have to reach up each time to take a breath this is how people slow suffering in fact in those days many times people would be on the cross 2 and 3 days and longer it was long it was a very slow torturous death this is what jesus took for me and for you but imagine this scene at the cross where the the soldiers were beginning to gamble for his belongings. We see that in John uh, chapter 19 where they began to to gamble for his only earthly possessions. And see, I see this sometimes as us as religious as us as churchgoers, we we can be many times like these soldiers. We can be playing games at the foot of the cross. We we sometimes deal out our judgment or condemnation. We sometimes um bicker and fight over silly things. We we argue over trivial things. But listen, many times we can be close to the cross, yet far from the blood of Christ. Listen, aren't we supposed to be about the G- Jesus's business? Aren't we supposed to be about his mission? And we see the religious leaders mocking Jesus. Think about how cruel that was. Think about how awful that was. And that brings me to my next point is this. Since Jesus drank, God's wrath, the wrath of God. He is now offering us to drink from his mercy. See, when he is hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. This is an invitation for us to receive from Christ his grace through faith. In fact, 1 Peter 2 says this, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Think about that for a moment. Jesus took on the wrath of God. He drank it fully, and now He's offering mercy and grace to us. And just as horrible as it was that we we those people looked at Jesus in those days says, "If you saved others, save yourself. If you're truly the Son of God, step down off the cross and save save yourself." They mocked him and mocked him and mocked him. And how many times have we mocked him by how we've lived our lives? And guess what? God is right there through Jesus saying, my grace, I'm extending it to you. Would you just receive it? In fact, John 3, 36 says this, whoever believes in the son has eternal life, but whoever does not obey the son shall not see life for the wrath of God remains on him. That was an incredible scene that Nicodemus, a religious leader, came and listen, he said, "How can I inherit this kingdom of God?" And he says, "You must be born again." Well, how are you born again? You're born again by faith in Jesus. And when that happens, He gives you His Spirit, and you become alive. You become fully human, how you were meant to be. I wonder many times, just as Jesus hung on the cross, we say, "Forgive." He said, "Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing." How many times do we hold grudges and hard feelings? How childish are those when we withhold forgiveness from another brother or sister when Jesus himself did not withhold that forgiveness from us? If the God of the universe can forgive us, can't we forgive others, another broken person? If you're taking taking notes, I want want you to write down my next point, and that's this. The temple curtain was torn completely in two, and that shows us that Jesus's Jesus appeased God's wrath. In other words, he fulfilled it. This is an accounting term where he paid in full the wrath of God. Second Corinthians 5, 21 says this, for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, when you receive Jesus, not only is your penalty for sin paid is covered by the blood of Christ, but then you receive Something You receive, just like the prodigal son, you receive this new clothes, this new, new clothing, this new jacket, if you will, this righteousness that only Jesus can provide. And now you can come into the presence of God. See, for over 1,500 years, this curtain represented space between God and man, between a holy and perfect God and apart from an unholy and unrighteous and broken human race it, it caused division which is our own sin it separated us from god and it only the priest could go in on there once a year after he made sacrifice for himself he made sacrifice for the whole people and the holy of holies but now when jesus through his sacrifice he fulfilled this punishment he he became our righteousness now we can enter into god's present presence anytime, any place anywhere by grace through faith, in fact first Timothy 2: five says this: there is no one there is no one God and one I'm sorry there is one God sorry there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Jesus' flesh was torn into now we are welcome into the presence of God. I want to encourage you to understand this comes by faith. By grace through faith. It is not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. He's offering it to you today. Once you receive it, if you're taking notes, I want you to write one more thing down. It's this: the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope in this world and the world to come. See, 1 Corinthians 5, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, 55 and 57 says this: O death, where is your victory? Old death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, listen, if you leave this world without Jesus, without his blood covering your life, without his spirit living in your soul, you will face a second death, which is eternal separation from God forever. I don't know about you, that's not where I want to be. And listen, he is offering you eternal life. Eternal life doesn't just begin after you die. It begins today. It begins the moment that God uh, gives you his spirit, which is by faith, is by grace through faith, when you confess Jesus and Jesus alone. See, Jesus gives us victory over sin. And he does that when we, by faith, believe in him, the finished work of Jesus. He gives us his spirit. Now we have the ability Listen, to live out the life that God has called us to live in obedience to him. Not perfect because that's why Jesus died. But now we have the ability to begin to listen and obey his word. The second thing that Jesus does is he gives us victory over death. Listen, he just said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives, whoever has me, yet he dies, he will live. In other words, we have victory over death we will live eternally with him. We don't have to face the second death. And then he gives us victory over the grave, knowing the grave is not our final home. We get to be with Jesus forever in his presence. I want you to think about this for a moment. We, in our 50-day reading, we read the end of Revelation, and Jesus. Um, the scriptures unpack what Jesus has planned for us. I know for me, I, I love the outdoors. I, my family loves the outdoors. We we love to spend time in creation. And we think about how beautiful it is. I mean, think about a sunrise or sunset. There, there's never been a painter who's painted something that glorious, right? And we think about all the things that God's created and we think, wow, how beautiful it is. But listen, it's under the curse. It's under corruption. It's It's a fallen world. So you think about this. When Jesus has created this new heaven and this new earth and he unveils it for us with, without death, without sin, without the grave, without the curse, without brokenness. Listen, what a glorious place that will be. We'll get to be there forever with Jesus and all those who put faith in him. That is a beautiful place. And the scripture says, all those who are outside of it, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There'll be outer darkness Think about that. Jesus wants you to put faith in him. Would you consider that? I wanna ask you the big question this morning. Are you gonna humble yourself and put faith in the gift that Jesus has given you, the gift of salvation? Will you do that today? Will you put faith in Jesus? The scriptures make it very clear. Whoever confesses with their mouth that Jesus is the Lord, that means boss, and whoever believes in your heart that God raised them from the dead, they will be saved. What does it mean to be saved? It means to be rescued, to be bought back, for your your punishment for sin to be appeased through his blood. And then now you're reconciled to your creator, the Father. That's what he wants for you. Would you do that today? Would you put faith in him? It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, it says in, in Romans That the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. That eternal life can begin today. Would you put faith in him? Listen, I want to lead you in a prayer. This is not something magic. It's not something that automatically puts some type of um, magic um, place in motion for you. No, this is saying, I believe. Whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart. So I just want you to pray with me today. Maybe you're here and you're listening. If you never truly put faith, listen, maybe you're religious. Maybe you're like the soldiers. Maybe you're close to the cross, but you're far from Jesus. And Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to make you brand new. He wants to give you new purpose and meaning in life. I know many of us have been thinking about that lately with everything that's going on. Pray this prayer with me. Father, I wanna thank you. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. I know I can't fix myself. I know I can't clean myself up. I know I can't make myself righteous in your sight. So Father, I'm putting trust in your son. I'm putting trust that through his death, his burial and his resurrection, I can have new life. Would you send your spirit into my life? Would you allow me to live out a life that's worthy to be called a son or daughter of yours. Now, Father, help me to live for you. Thank you so much for what you are done for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or maybe you just firmed up that commitment of faith in Jesus, we want to know about it. We We want to encourage you in that. Would you do me a favor? On the next slide right after we're done, um, there's going to be some information on how you can contact us. Would you do that? Would you? I think it may be clicking a button or sending us an email. Would Would you do that? Would you let us know? Listen, this is not the end. This is just the beginning of your journey. Listen, God wants you to see you see you grow in Him and, and become a full disciple in Him, and not only that, to reproduce other disciples. He has incredible purpose and plan for you, and we wanted to see that fulfilled. And we want to encourage you in that. We want to send you some information, direct you to some uh, websites where you can find and be encouraged. And ultimately, when we're all gathered together, if you're local, we want you to be a part of our uh, church and our church family and deep in community where we make disciples that make disciples, that plant churches and advance God's kingdom uh, through obedience to his great commission. So listen, please make sure you do that. We love you. We're so glad that you joined us this Easter Sunday. Take care and God bless. This has been the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Lady Smith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Thanks for listening and God bless you.